0: a series of messages about family, and um, uh, this morning we're just, we're, we're going to give an overview uh, on family, you know, what, what is family, how do we nurture family, and we'll, we'll be getting into details about various aspects of family over the next several weeks, um, and if you could bear with me for a moment, it's just deeply on my heart, I'm going to open up with uh with some things that are just laying really heavy on my heart right now about family. I've been studying this for quite a while, and I've been debating back and forth, and I, and I wasn't going to open up and talk about these things. I'm just going to get right into talking about family. But uh, I, I think we need to talk about this for a minute. This This ties directly to the scripture that Pastor Terry just read. Many know that the family right now is under complete assault. Total and complete assault. It's not accidental, it's on purpose, it's intentional, and most of us are not aware of it. There are two things that need to be destroyed. If there needs to be a fundamental change to Western culture. Faith and family. I didn't say that. Karl Marx said that. Unfortunately, we don't talk about, in our schools anymore the level of death and destruction that we had in the last century? How many people know that there were literally by far more people murdered in the 20th century than there were in the previous 20th centuries put together? It occurred because of the releasing of socialist Marxist philosophy on the world that said God is dead and we're going to destroy all image of him And an image is found in family. Why? Why destroy family? You see, what what this philosophy says, and what is literally being put on us every day, open up social media. It's in every one of our social media accounts, it comes out in the movies, it comes out in TV. It's deeply embedded in our schools and our universities. What this fundamentally says is that we're a culture, a society of people who are oppressors and people who are oppressed. And what Marxists realized a century ago is that as long as God... And as long as families stand strong in a culture, we understand the cross. We understand laying our lives down for one another, and we will not be duped into hating one another in order to violently throw off those who were quote-unquote oppressing us. You see... One of the most intimate relationships in this world is when a husband and wife, you know, boy meets girl. We all know that moment. I remember the moment I was driving in a car. My wife was sitting next to me. She wasn't my wife at the time. We had just uh, gone to a concert together. It was three of us. and We were driving to Howard Johnson's. She wanted a decadent hot fudge Sunday. No, wait a minute. She wanted a hot apple dumpling a la mode. I wanted the decadent hot fudge Sunday. See what that hot up, hot up dumpling. And she spoke, and she said, "You know what? Right now, I am just really happy." And when she said that, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, "That's going to be your wife." In that moment, I wasn't thinking about all the evils in the world. I wasn't thinking about how the world had gone wrong. I wasn't thinking about all those things. I was thinking about, "Wow, God has brought this woman into my life," and if she hears the Lord too, maybe we can make this happen. Well, obviously she heard the Lord, right? I wasn't thinking that we were embarking on the single most important thing that we can do in living out our faith on behalf of the flourishing of humanity. You see, it's not by accident that we know God as Father. It's not by accident that we know Jesus as Son. That's not a metaphor for us to understand him. It is essentially the character of God, and it is lived out in us. When we were created in his image, we were created to reflect him. And when God created Adam, he said what? It is not good that he should be alone. After everything else God created, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. good. And then we get to the second chapter. He creates Adam. He goes and gets some dirt, and he puts dirt together. Yep, man's made out of dirt. That's right. So he gets dirt, and he breathes into him. He becomes a living spirit and a, 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 a living being. And he says what? He says, it's not good. It's not good. We're supposed to stop. We're supposed to wait. Why? Because he was created to be in the image of God. And until one was created, who could complete him, who could complement him, who could cooperate with him, we could not reflect fully the image of God. The very first creative act in the Bible when God creates humanity is creating family. Family. Family is at the center of the flourishing of humanity. So that moment when my wife and I stood before the Lord and we said vows, we were doing something deep. We were doing something personal. We were doing something intimate. And we were doing something far bigger than us. You see, I'm going to give you the answer ahead of time. The answer in confronting the evil that is facing us is to live out in reality the truth of the word of God to live it in the day-to-day, to live it in the moment, to not allow the lies of the enemy to separate me from the Word of God. That means I need to love my wife. That means my wife needs to submit to me. That means we need to work together to bring our children up in fear and admonition of God. And that happens when we get into an argument, and we wrestle, and we struggle, and we forgive one another, and we reconcile. And in that action, in those moments, we are literally changing society because we refuse to allow the world to define what that relationship should be. Right now we have tens of millions, tens of millions of young boys and girls who have no fathers. Destroy father, destroy the image of God. Destroy authority. How? How do we do it? How do we destroy it? It's very simple. And, and listen, this was planned out. I can give you really good books that can show you this. This is this is going on right now. This is academically planned out. They, they have it, it's not hidden. It's in writing. It's right out there for all of us to see. But I'll tell you in a very practical way what's the easiest way to destroy family? Marx wrote this the same way Rome fell, sexual immorality. Freud comes along, 1800, says, look, we should follow after all of our sexual desires, and that's the fulfillment of, of, of what it means to be human. To repress your sexual desire means that you are literally repressing self and you can't be fulfilled. My Bible says the mastery of self is to kill the desire. Well, you turn men loose to do whatever men want to do, and then what happens? Women get abused. You tell women they should do the same thing, and what happens? Children get abused. This is a a fact. What I'm giving you is a fact. Sociologists have pointed this out. You can literally destroy a culture in three generations. You just do two things. Two things: you get rid of fidelity in marriage and permanence of marriage. First generation, second generation embraces it. By the time you get to the third generation, society is so weak that it can either will implode from the inside or be taken uh, taken over from the outside. Three generations. Don't be faithful to your wife, and don't think marriage is permanent. Destroy those two things, you could destroy a society in three generations. The good news is you can rebuild a society in three generations. Be faithful to your wife, be faithful to your husband, and see your marriage as something that God created, that God put together, not man. And what God has put together, let no man take apart. What does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. What that means is we got to fight for our relationships. If you can't tell, I'm a bit off script. We have to fight for our relationships. Let me tell you what it means to fight for your relationship. When I come into my marriage and I am broken, I've dealt with, all kinds of horrible evils in my life, and I bring all of this baggage into this relationship. And I act onry, and I act ungodly. Number one, number one, to say, cry out to a Savior who by his grace forgives me for those things and works in me to want to change me. I start right here. I draw a circle on the ground. I stand in the center of it, and I say, Give me revival and let it begin in this circle. And then I draw a bigger circle, and I say, My wife's in this circle. My kids are in this circle. And I had been dealing with my kids. When my kids get rebellious, when my kids get angry, what do you do? Fire with fire, right? I'll show you, you don't treat your mother that way. You don't treat your siblings that way. And you fire with fire, right? Until God goes, do I get fire with fire with you? And I go, oh God. And I take my strong-willed little son, so strong-willed his mother couldn't handle him, calls me, says, you need to come home from work. I can't handle him. Five years old, that strong-willed. You have to come home. And I take him by the hand, and I take him back in the back room, and he goes, yeah, you're going to spank me. I know you are, and I deserve it. I swear that's what he said. I sit down on a chair and I sit him on my lap. And I say, buddy, you're really angry, aren't you? And he begins to break and weep. Yeah, I bet if I were feeling everything you're feeling, I'd be angry too. And that grace... The love of God that he has shown us, I show to my child in the midst of a time when he deserves it the least. But I bring him truth. Now we're gonna need to take care of that with mommy. Yes. But let me hold you. And I repent as a father from treating my child like the world and begin to treat him like the Lord treats me. I teach him what authority is. And I challenge him. I challenge him to responsibility. I challenge him to grow. He's afraid of doing something. And I, and I reach, I said, but I'm here, I'm with you. I'll step out, you step out, you take this and you'll do it. And he grows through that, and he grows through that. And I stand there, and when he falls, I pick him up. That's called fighting for our families. It starts with me repenting. I bring all this bag, and every single one of us, we don't start, it's, it's not about coming into a perfect marriage. It's about coming into marriage and letting perfection work out in you. His name is Jesus. We live in a society where men are evil, or stupid, or toxic or useless. That's what we're told. You can't help it, it's just who you are. We can either cower to that, because the the church doesn't have a lot of courage. Did you think I wanted to stand up here and say this this morning? Oh, you should see the message I had prepared. It's, It's got nice, neat points and everything, all kinds of scriptures and Not that it wasn't a good message. It's that if we don't understand the heart of what we're faced with and what it takes to get there, we're not going to do it. It takes courage to look at your wife, to look at your husband, and to hear them trigger and and spew and go at you or you do it to them and for the other person to say, wow, they're really hurting right now, instead of taking it personally. Or the one, I'll tell you one of those, one of those pivotal moments for, for my wife and I was this one Saturday morning in which, I don't know, I said, I mouthed off something I shouldn't have said, you know, imagine that, right? And then she, she came back at me, and we're going back and forth, and then finally she's like, no, no, we're gonna work this out. And all of the all of the ire that was up in the air, all of the anger and all that was up in the air, we set it aside. Did we stop feeling it? No, we didn't stop feeling it. We set it aside and said, let's talk this through until we can talk it through. Did we do it perfectly? No. Did we get to a place of where, thank you, God, that you came through? That's Fighting, there was forgiveness, there was reconciliation, there was restoration. It says, We're not quitting, we're not giving up until we work this out. You see, here's the problem the problem is this is that we look at what's going on in culture, and I'm telling you right now, right now, there are literally Schools and schools, universities who are seeking to indoctrinate our children against family and against God. Quite frankly, COVID allowed a lot of it to come out. A lot of parents actually got to see what was being taught to their kids. And they started get standing up. They started saying, go to the school boards and going, no, uh-uh, this ain't happening. But the way that it's dealt with, yes, do we need to be a voice? Yes, do we need to speak? Yes, do we need to bring Jesus? But if I'm not bringing Jesus here, if I'm not trying to build my family, if I'm not trying to build up my kids, what exactly is it I'm giving to someone else? This is where I need to let Satan, not let Satan destroy. Amen? So over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about family. What I'm asking this morning is that we understand the gravity of why we're doing this. You matter. In the Bible, the cool thing about family in the Bible is that in the Bible, families, sometimes it's a widow and and her child. Sometimes it's a a daughter and her a mother and her daughter-in-law sometimes it's broken sometimes it's a man who's asked to adopt a child sometimes it's a it's a woman who's asked to take on the scourge of society in order to protect her child anybody ever heard of mary and joseph but jesus says this that whoever believes in me, he gives the right to become a child of God. Family, family, family. So, over the next several weeks, I'm asking us understand why we're doing this. It's not to make us "quote unquote" the four ways to be happy at home. Yes, will it change our lives at home? Yes, absolutely. But ultimately, we present to society the truth and the love. Filled with grace, seasoned with salt. Refusing to be bent by the destruction of society. Having the courage to stand up by repenting, by submitting, by embracing, by becoming family we were meant to be. Amen?